it makes total sense to me to make it a big giant party. You know, I mean, bring some consumers in, bring some Tim Ferriss kind of guys in to be speakers and inspire people and, and, you know, teach them about things that we have limited or no knowledge about. I mean, just make that thing a much bigger, broader event, get the fly fishing guys together, make that whole outdoor thing, a giant festival twice a year. That was Rick Says telling us how to make the outdoor retailer show an amazing event. This is the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, episode 122. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. I've got a big giveaway going on uh, to win a trip to Pyramid Lake, along with a bunch of great products and giveaways. Uh, head over to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway and enter to win the trip for a monster Lahatan cutthroat to one of the great destinations in the West. In today's episode, I talk with Rick Says, who hosts the Outdoor Biz Podcast. We hear Rick's background in the outdoor industry, working with Eagle Creek, Low Pro, Umqua, and how he can help you start your own podcast if you want to get into it. Uh, find out why the Teardrop Camper episode is the biggest one so far and what overlanding is all about. I still uh, don't totally get it, but uh, we, we dig into that a little bit. Lots of fun stuff on this one. Um, so without further ado, here's Rick Says. How's it going, Rick? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Good to, good to have you on here. We're, we're going to chat a little bit here about the outdoor, you know, obviously the outdoor biz, you know, and everything right. that you have going on. I'm, you know, we've got lots of people, you know, in the fly fishing space, obviously, that are listening to this show. But I think there's a lot of um, overlap, you know, between what you have going and what we have going. And maybe I wanted to dig into all that. Before we get started, can you talk about how you first, um, you know, how, I guess, give us a little brief outdoor background and then talk about how the Outdoor Biz podcast came to be. Yeah, so I've been in the outdoor industry for 20 plus years. Um, started out uh, when I went to um, Southern California to work at an outdoor camp. I worked on weekends at Adventure 16. And that's where I first worked outdoor retailer, retail. And then from then, just kind of, you know, bounced around. I was a river guide for a few years and ended up going to the first, uh, one of the early Reno outdoor shows, um, buying stuff for the river guide company. Uh, Kern River Tours, and then got connected to the guys that were bringing Mont Bell to the U.S. and became a rep. And then from there, it was just, you know, Mont Bell and then Eagle Creek and then Dana mm -hmm. Design. Had a stint with Umqua. I worked for Umqua Feather Merchants oh, really? for a little, little over a year. Uh -huh. yeah, sales manager with those guys, yeah. I was part of the crowd when we moved from uh, Oregon to Colorado, so that was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, been around for a long time. And then – the last outdoor-related brand I worked for was Low Pro, the camera mm -hmm. bag company. I'm also a photographer, and okay. they were going through some tough times, had some layoffs. I ended up getting laid off and thought, holy crap, what am I going to do now? Because I, you know, I was north of 50 years old yep. getting laid off and sort of stumbled on podcasting. I'd been listening to a bunch of podcasts, and I had gotten laid off, and I thought, what am I going to do? And I thought, you know, one of my favorite podcasts is The Tim Ferriss Show. You probably oh, listened yeah. to that. Yeah, He's I have. Super He's yep. a great interviewer, yep. has great guests, great stories. And I thought, hell, I can do that with all my outdoor buddies. And, you know, took Tim's advice on one of his blogs. He wrote, you know, just dip your toe in it. Don't jump all in. I interviewed a few people and it turns out I liked it. People thought it was good. Mm -hmm. And here we are coming on episode 200 in a, wow. in a couple of weeks. No kidding. So, or I guess, and I guess in about six weeks. 
episode 200. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. That's crazy. So 200 episodes of what, I mean, I know I've looked and I've listened to some of them and, and you've had a good diversity of backgrounds. What do you think on, when you look at your past guests, uh, who they are, I mean, do you have a specific, um, you know, are you always thinking of topics or are you thinking of your, you know, your target customer? I mean, who do you think about when you choose who's on your show? Yeah. You know, um, I just launched some coaching stuff recently. And one of the things that I coach all my clients on is in order to really be able to focus your podcast, you have to have an ideal listener. And that's who I always think of my ideal listener. My ideal listener is a young person either already in the outdoor industry or wants to get in the outdoor industry. And generally they're, you know, working in the customer service department or working at a retail shop or something. And they walk by a, a rep presentation or they walk by the boardroom if they're working for a brand and they see the executives in there and they think, man, I want to, I want to see that table someday. Mm-hmm. And so that's who I always try to tailor my episodes to. And basically I just ask all my guests about, you know, a, how they got into the industry. I think that's always interesting to, to find out how people got in, share their stories and then, you know, walk through their career and some things they've done. And maybe if they, what inspired them to start their brand or what inspired them to design that product or whatever that mm-hmm. is. And then at the end, I always ask for advice. What advice do you have for someone either in the biz or wanting to grow their career if they're already in the biz? Mm-hmm. And I just launched a book, the first 65 episodes of my podcast. And it's those guests and that those pieces of advice for anyone wanting to get in the biz and it, it ranges from, you know, I mean, it can be very specific on, you know, how to actually target your career to very generally general topics on, you know, just go for it. If you're passionate about yeah. it, go find something you like and go work with them and see how it goes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. What do you think is the best? So out of all those 65, what's the, what's the best or your favorite uh, words of advice? Uh, I don't know that there's a best, but my favorite is always just go for it. I mean, I think if you're passionate about the outdoors and you love, you know, whatever activity is you're climbing or fishing or hiking and you really want to make it a career, then go for it. Either find a brand or find a retailer. Or if you have something that you want to design yourself, a product or a company, go for it. Just jump in with both feet. The industry is very welcoming and and very helping and you know you can reach out to people and they'll give you advice and give you help that you need or point you in the yep. right direction so just jump in make yep. you know, see what happens and you know yeah, where you go you never know yeah no i i think and you know i'm kind of that i'm almost i guess that's why i've listened to your podcast because i'm probably kind of an ideal customer or you know or a <laughs> audience as well because i'm kind of building something here you know there's not a yeah. lot there's not a lot of you know, revenue coming in necessarily, but I'm having a lot of fun and I, I've got yeah. goals to, to get there. And, and I found that, you know, I think obviously networking, I guess maybe it goes without being said, but that's one thing that, man, you, you know, getting out to those conferences and, yeah. and uh, meeting people and you never know where that next, uh, you know, having a beer with somebody might turn into a business, that's right. Uh, right? That sort of thing. That's right. Yeah. And go local too. I mean, you know, a lot of times you just go to these events that the local fly shop has and yeah. hobnob with all the reps, you know, I mean, you'll get a, you'll learn a ton just talking to those guys. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Gosh, so, that's great. So you got a hundred or 200 episodes. Now you're rolling along and what's now for the next uh, couple hundred. Are you, you going to change it up? Or are you going to just keep doing what you're doing? I think I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I've changed it up a little bit. I broadened out my reach a bit because I know so many people, not only in the core outdoor space, but you know, working 10 years at Eagle Creek, I'm very connected to the adventure travel world. So I've had a few of those guys on, very connected to the fly space. As a matter of fact, the next, I don't know when this episode is going to drop, but the first four episodes 
of January of this year, all fly fishing guys. Oh, wow. John the Coke. Yeah, Johnny the Coke from Fish Pond is on next uh-huh. week. Mark Bale from Farbank the week after that. Yeah. And then we have Tom Sadler from the Marine Fish Conservancy. Oh, yeah. And then wrap up the month with Brian Cheney from Corkers. So it's kind of a fly fishing month there you in go. January. Yeah, that's yeah. all. And I had uh, Tom Sadler was on in a past episode. We, we had oh, a, cool. Yeah, we had a great chat about all sorts of uh, – <laughs> we even got into – He's awesome. We even got into a little about politics, which we don't, normally don't do too much of. <laughs> yeah, he's so. awesome. That's cool. Okay. Well, yeah. So it sounds like you're definitely, you know, uh, you've got some fly fishing stuff going on. Um, you know, if you think about, again, taking that person, say there's somebody listening here, they're a new guy, there's something like that. You know, when they're, when they're getting, is there a, is there some sort of a, you know, a roadmap or something somebody could take a look at out there or a, you know, some sort of a resource that somebody could say, oh, you know, I want to get into this. You know, obviously you can do the stuff we talked about, but is there yeah. anything short of that that you know they can kind of take a step? Maybe there's a, I mean, online courses, right, are a big thing these days. It doesn't seem online like the outdoor courses business. Are a big thing. Do, do they have? Do we have that? We don't yet, but I'm working on one. Oh, really? Um, yeah. You, I mean, obviously, I'll I'll make a shameless plug here. You can go to my website, ricksays.com, and you can there's a on the menu there. There's a podcast cheat sheet. You can download that. It's got the ten outline the ten steps to creating a podcast. Yep. You can go to the podcasters workshop, which is the page where I, I advertise all the programs that I offer. You know, one is a, you know, it's like a 10 week course that I really get into the details of that podcast cheat sheet. And at uh-huh. the end of 10 weeks, you'll have a nice shiny new podcast. Uh, there's another one where you can just schedule 30 minutes with me and brainstorm, you know, a podcast, what it takes to do a podcast, what your ideas are. That's a freebie. You know, we can sit down for 30 minutes and clarify what a podcast can do for you or, it's amazing to me how many um, retailers and businesses have yet to jump onto podcasting in the outdoor space because it's really a new way to yeah. attract and engage customers. And then, you know, if you if you sell if you dial up your e-commerce situation right, you can sell where you sleep. So I think that's an opportunity too. But yeah, and there's you know, there's a bunch of people out there teaching right now, and, yeah. which is kind of why I launched it. I because I want to focus on helping specifically helping outdoor and adventure businesses get into this this medium it's still a young medium it's not too late to get in it can go a lot of different ways and i think in the outdoor adventure space we can do a lot of different things with the podcast you can inform people you can educate people you can inspire them you can sell them i mean there's so many opportunities and so many people love to give of their time you know whether it's sharing stories like the interview thing that i do everybody's got a story to tell Yep. So I just do that, but it's you can go a million different ways. So yeah, that's cool. Are you yeah. and on that that track? I mean, you're kind of doing a solo show. Have you have you ever looked into the uh, the podcasting networks? You know, starting your own or joining one or or thought about any of that? That seems to be something that you're hearing more about. Yeah, I've been contacted by a couple of those folks, but I'm kind of steering clear of them. A, I think probably because I I want to maintain you know control of my yeah brand so to speak i want to be able to do what i want to do you know target it for my specific brand a couple of the guys that have reached out to me have been a little bit broader than my than my niche and i think that's one of the other things you've probably found this with your show the the more narrow you can go in your niche i think the better more success you'll have yeah if you go too broad you'll mean nothing to nobody right so if you really focus on that ideal listener and I was coaching somebody yesterday talking to him about it. I said, you know, you really got to get down to that person. What what kind of shoes do they wear? You know, yeah. I mean, what's their commute to work? What's their family life like? What do they want to, what do they, you know, aspire to be when they grow up, so to speak? I mean, really get into the details because 
it's amazing. I'll be talking to somebody on an interview and we'll be kind of headed down some path and I'm kind of thinking, okay, uh, where am I going to go? And I, I just, for some reason, my mind clicks onto this vision of my ideal listener and I rein it right back in. So yep. it's amazing when you create that persona, how much it helps you in ways you can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you think is yeah. the, you know, what do you think is the biggest struggle out there to becoming a successful or even starting a, a, a brand in the outdoor business? Is there, uh, do you hear something commonly out there from people or you, well, you've, you've seen a lot of success stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've worked with some great brands. Um, we brought Mont Bell to the U S back in the late eighties and um, that was a pretty fun project. You know, I, th- I don't know what I think it's probably in the outdoor space right now. There's a lot of competition. Um, there's a lot of big players that have big money that, you know, can do a lot of things that a small person can't. But mm-hmm. if you go to the outdoor retail show and look at the venture out section, which um, I was fortunate to work with Scott McGuire in the early days of that um, back in Salt Lake, there's all kinds of new brands that, that just start out and, you know, show to that show up at that show with about a 10 by 10 space and launch their first product and away they go, mm-hmm. you know, Western rise started that way. I'm pretty sure at, at adventure adventure out. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of ways and, you know, don't let it hold you back. Um, you got to have some capital, you know, you got to find either a, a sugar daddy or somebody with some money behind you to, to make sure that you can, it, you know, stay the course. If but if you doing, have a great, yeah. if you're doing a brand, yeah. Yeah. if you have a, if you have a great product though, yeah, I think the sky's the limit. What if you're? What if you don't actually have a physical product? What if you have a, you know, some sort of a you know, online product or something that's not typically your physical? Is it? Do you still think you need a, a ton of cash to get going, or can you do it with? You need less. Yeah. yeah, much less. That's much simpler to do it online because you, you know, these days you can, you know, fulfill to order, right? So you just take the order and then fulfill it, and make, you know, make it as you need it, kind of thing. There's a lot of options to do that these yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There was a, uh, I don't know if you know the mag, the outfit called Snooze, S-E-S-N-E-W-S. No. They've been in the outdoor space for a long time. They started out as a um, kind of a, a media outfit and they still do publications. Their magazine, I think two or three times a year is called The Voice. Hmm. And I think it was the last episode in The Voice. They were talking about all those different, um, you know, online, new online only brands that have popped up. So there's a, there's a million yeah. different ways you no, can find, are. you know, either local makers to make your product. You can always obviously always go to, to Asia to make it. But I think if you have a good product, it's good quality. You know, most of the outdoor consumers are very discerning. You know, they want to buy good, they're, they're willing to spend money, but they want to buy good product. Um, I think if you try to go the cheaper route, you may see some short-term success, but I'm not sure that's yeah. viable long-term. <laughs> Have you seen out there in, you know, the outdoor business uh, brands, have you seen much of the affiliate stuff where people, you know, basically find a great brand out there, whoever it is, Eagle mm-hmm. Creek or some company and, and, uh, and they, and, you know, you use the product and then you basically go to that company and say, Hey, can you give, um, can I get a commission if I send people to, you know, your site to buy, you know, buy products? Have you seen that as a successful model? I have not. That was just starting to get popular when I was uh, exiting the industry. So since I've been out of it, I, I know it exists. Oh yeah, but I don't know how successful it is or not. Gotcha. I'm and you're not. not I mean, you're you're, you're kind of out of it, but you're still in it because you're you're doing. Well, I guess you're out of it because now you're you're focusing on teaching podcasting, right? Even though you teach podcasting yeah. and interviewing, yeah, I don't work day to day on the sales side or the or the marketing side or any of that stuff. And yeah, that, those in, that influencer affiliate 
model was not in existence last time I was I was working on the inside. It, gotcha. was, it wasn't, you know, I don't even think Instagram existed when I was there. Oh, so. no kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, so are, are you now, are you pretty much retired or are you, is this kind of a side gate or how are you, you know, doing it all with, uh, is that, I, I'm just kind of trying to get a feel for where you're at in the, the whole business. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I'm, I'm not retired. Yeah. I mean, I still would love to work for a great brand uh-huh. and, and help them on the sales or marketing side. It's just, it's a little tougher these days when you get north of 55 years old. Yeah. And, and you know, I kind of have, have bounced around a lot. So I think people might think I'm not as committed, but I'm still as committed to it as I ever was and love all the brands I've worked for, have great relationships. And yeah. like I say, stumble around the podcast, super fun. I mean, I'm just starting to, to see the monetization piece of it roll in. So if this keeps going, the direction it's going, then maybe this is my uh, my new job. There you so. go. And, and and this is monetization through the the podcasting uh, podcasting and sponsorships and the whole thing. I oh, think yeah. I think yeah, yeah I think pot I think podcast monetization um, takes a number of different avenues. There's not just one thing that will, will support you. You've got to have four or five different you know revenue streams to, to bring it in. I, that's why I did the book. Right, I wrote the book to give myself. Um, more exposure, not necessarily to sell a bunch of books, although that'll be good. That's going pretty well, but more to, you know, establish myself more as a leader in the space and get yeah. speaking engagements and things gotcha. like that. Coaching well, yeah. engagements. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I saw your website, the at ricksays.com. I think you kind of have where people that's it, go yeah. check out that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it looks right. good. What, what cool. I, so on your, on your job, so you had, it sounds like a job that you lost. I mean, what, what, what did that feel like? I mean, for those that have never been, I'm not sure, you know, you get, you lo- you get let go or whatever. I mean, getting what, late. Yeah. yeah. What is getting that? Laid off. What yeah. is that? What is that? Is that something where it's kind of a, a surprise or is it tip or does it just happen like, oh, you're, you knew it was coming or how's that all that work? Um, it's pretty, it's pretty tough. I mean, it's, it's tough. I don't know about getting let go, but uh, getting laid off, I think, is challenging because you can kind of see it coming. Yeah. Because in order for for layoffs to happen, the business has to be struggling. All right. And when the business is struggling, you start to see signs in different areas where we're not advertising yeah. with that guy anymore. We're not going to that event anymore. We're not doing this. Right. And you see other people, you know, I was, a, I was probably one of the final rounds of layoffs. No I mean, kidding. There'd been, there'd been these, you'd walk in and there'd be all of a sudden five people gone. It's Jeez. like, Oh wow. You know, and there's, and then, and that creates a whole nother level Atmosphere. of pressure too, because yeah. you know, you're trying to make the number, they have this number to hit and whether you're owned by a bank or owned by a, a VC or owned by a sole proprietor, there's always a number to hit. Yep. As you get more and more pressure to hit that number, it just creates weird things. And then wow. you walk in one day and you're part of the, the layoffs. So I was one of the last rounds, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, and you just, you see it coming and you're trying to fight it and you're trying to do the best you can. And also maybe trying to find another job and right. you know, that gets tough too. And then all of a sudden happen, you're just like, Oof, man, now what am I going to do? There you so, go. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that was probably, I'm sure coinciding the, the 08, 09, that crazy time, right? When all the, the bank. Yeah, collapsed. no, this was in, uh, this was in 15. Oh, 15. Oh. 15. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing too, though, is once that happens, you know, you really can't, I think a lot of people, you know, you can't fold the tent. I mean, you got to get back up and put your shoes on and get out there and, and go fight the good fight and try to make something happen, which is how I found the podcast. I mean, yeah. That, that's the great thing you know? is you found a podcast. See, that's how I kind of feel with this podcast is that, I, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to tell my whole story. Some people have listened to it, but you know, I didn't, I wasn't planning on this either. You know, it uh-huh, kind of just, uh-huh. it came and just hit me and, and then I 
started and realized like, oh man, this is the greatest thing ever. But yeah. um, but yeah, so on the uh, outdoor re- uh, retailer, I, I this is really interesting because I know this is a huge conference and I, we just had our you know IFTD. A, a yeah, I was few there. Yeah. Oh, oh, you were there. Oh, I missed you. Yeah. Okay, so I missed yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Yes. I was there for about a day. Okay, cool. Not even a whole day, but yeah. yeah. It, was, it was interesting because I asked, um, well, I interviewed Tom Sadler, who we just mentioned uh, before that, and I asked him because I hadn't been to IFTD, and I said, what is it like walking to IFTD? And he described, <laughs> can you describe what it's like walking into the outdoor retailer, you know, that show? Well, I always describe it as like a big high school reunion Oh, because I think once you've been in it for as long as I have and long as, as long as a lot of us have, it's like just going to a high school reunion and seeing old friends. I mean, you're walking in the aisles and you see old friends, you big hug, slap on the back. You know, the beer comes out about four o'clock. And yep. it's just, it's a super fun environment. Um, it's changed over the years. It's a lot bigger now. I think it's a lot more corporate now, but it's still the same. I mean, it's still walking the aisles and seeing everybody you know and touching base with your friends and mm-hmm. seeing all the cool new product. I felt the same at F- IFTD. I hadn't been to that show and many, many years. And it was just the same walk in the aisles, you know, from my days at Umqua and seeing the Umqua yeah. guys, Jeff Ryhover and those guys, it's just you know, mm-hmm. exactly the same. So it's super fun. It's super fun industries to be in. I mean, that's yeah. the beauty of it is we work our butts off and, you know, everybody has various pressures that you have with the work, with the job. But at the end of the day, we're all buddies and we can all, you know, compete like hell during the day and then go for a beer at night. Yep. And, share stories so they're both all great in. Same, with, awesome. same with adventure travel it's awesome same yeah. thing and that and that's kind of yeah. what i'm i'm starting to combine a little bit not not necessarily adventure as much as the travel i'm getting into some, yeah i saw that you're offering trips yeah great. yeah we're doing some destination stuff and yeah it's been a lot of fun yeah. and i'm just trying to provide some more you know resources and tools and all that stuff and yeah. You know, I mean, I enjoy, and you know, that's another thing, right? You should probably do things you yep. enjoy. Um, yeah. And it's cool about fly fishing. And I think probably a lot of the outdoors is the same where you got a lot of these companies that are, have a, a real conservation minded ethic. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that's another bonus of being in it where it feels like, you know, as opposed to just making something or you're actually well, yeah. doing good. I mean, it's funny. My, my grandfather and my dad both work at steel mills. And I tell the story when I was a kid, you know, in high school. They said, yeah, we'll get you a job at the mill. You know, it's really good. Benefits, blah, 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 blah. And they took me out there for a tour one day. And we were home having dinner that night, sitting around the table. And they said, so what would you think? And and I both looked, <laughs> I looked at both of them and I said, you know, there isn't enough money in the world that would make me work out there. No kidding. It was just, you know, well, this was in Southern California, Fontana, California, hot, oh, dirty. Wow. And, Damn. And, you know, I was, rough. my grandfather got me into the outdoors and I was just you know, jonesing to do something there. And, yep. Ended up stumbling on an outdoor degree. Got both my degrees in outdoor rec, and here it is, you know, 20, oh, wow. 25 plus years later. You know, it's awesome. So yep. yeah, it's it's a great space to be in. Yeah, totally. So you have a degree. What's the um, and and obviously you have that you mentioned you're fishing. What what is your home? Do you have a like a home? I know you're in California. What, do you have a home water that you fish? Yeah, I live in Bishop, California. So I live in the Eastern Sierra, and there is tons of home water. Here. Yeah, I mean, you got it all. all the lakes. Yep. We got the Owens River. That could be the Owens River. In about five minutes, and that flows all the way down from the Mammoth area down below below Bishop. So there's some great fishing there. Hawk Creek is one of the, you know, used to be the uh, the master's degree of fly fishing around here. It was really huh. tough because it gets so much pressure, and the fish are just so picky. And um, that's that's a good spot. Yeah, there's so many places around here. It's it's, awesome. Are you more of a like dry fly, do it all, nymph, or do you, do you kind yeah, of? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You got to do it all. If yeah. you want to catch fish, you got to do it all. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's cool. Um, okay. So, yeah. And 
you know, I was kind of getting back to this thing, thinking about this kind of a plan. I'm just trying to, you know, think of that person that's, you know, like you said, they're, they're kind of, you know, doing some odd jobs and they want to get into it. Mm-hmm. Anything mm-hmm. else? Are there any other resources out there that, you know, folks, I mean, I think of some, some online business type stuff, but you know, if somebody want to jump into it and take it to the next step, what would you recommend? Are there other resources, people you know of that would be good to connect with? To get into the outdoor industry? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I would do and recommend to folks do is to go get a job at retail. Oh, yeah. Because I think retail, you learn so much about the product, so right. much about what makes the customer buy or not buy the product. Um, it's really where the rubber meets the road. And, yep. you know, find a job at a retailer, work weekends if you have to, if you got a second job, whatever. But get into the retail side of it because I think you learn a ton about the whole industry that way. Oh, yeah. And then the reps come through and give clinics and whatnot. You know? So right. I think that's a good place to start. Or if, if you, you know, for whatever reason, don't want to do that, you know, if you happen to be near a brand, go talk to a brand and see if you can shadow somebody on a job, right? Yeah. I mean, say you want to work, I just want to shadow the customer service guys or, you know, I want to be a designer. I want to be on the product side. I want to shadow a product manager or something like that. Just go shadow somebody. I think there's a lot of, unique ways to get in. You may have to get creative and tell somebody you'll work for free for a little bit to, to you know, prove yourself. But, um, yep. I think there's a lot of ways to get in. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's degrees that. are one way. That's, that's traditional, but just go apply for, apply to brands sure. you like, apply to companies you like, and be willing to start at the bottom. When I was at Eagle Creek, um, I started out as a customer service manager uh-huh. when I was at, um, when I, when the Montville guys hired me, I was just a knucklehead river guide up there at the show, buying stuff for our little shop. And, through friends or friends got connected to them and they liked my outdoor background. I didn't know anything about sales at that point. Huh. And they hired me as their California sales rep. And the guy put me through some sales training and I became a sales rep, no kidding. Know, which was awesome. And then from there worked my way up into, you know, a little bit of sales management, customer service management, and then ended up back in, in San Diego, Eagle Creek. And I started there as customer service manager and left as director of sales. Huh. So don't be afraid to start at the bottom. Yep. Yep. What what is the difference when you think of the outdoor business versus say the other industries that are out there around the country? I mean, do do you, have you been, do you think, do you hear much about that? Is it, uh, is it quite a bit different than the other kind of sectors of the economy? Oh yeah. Way different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's a little more, um, it's, it's more professional, I would say now than it was back in the day, but I think it's, it's a lot more, um, what am I trying to say? Kind of more of the, the daily grind, but it's still like, it's like, it's like going to the show. At the, yeah. as, you, as you're walking into a store, whether you're a sales guy or a customer service person on the phone, or you're going overseas to work with some factory designer product, you're making toys basically, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. it's all this fun stuff that fun products that you're designing, fun products that you're selling or fun things that you're talking to a, an account on the phone about, you know, yeah, there might be a shipment that went bad or, yeah. Something happened and the guy's all frustrated. But at the end of the day, we're all selling toys. Exactly. And so I think that really kind of takes everything down a few notches compared to a guy selling copiers or software or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I had um, Greg Blakeney on my podcast a couple, few episodes ago, and he tells a great story about he was a software sales guy making bunches of money, but just hated it and had gone on this really long bike ride. And that's when he decided, I just can't go back. And now he's a, a filmmaker down in, in Bogota, Colombia. So, no kidding. Yeah, you never know where to lead him. 
That's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you mentioned the uh, the retail. You know, that's interesting because that's a, a good tip I've heard on here about just the fly fishing. You know, the fly fishing shops, kind of yeah. same thing. Mm-hmm. Where you know, if you want to get into it, try to get a a job at a shop and. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. You just kind of get your foot in the door and sh- you know show your passion and and you go from yeah. there. The podcasting thing, I actually had another the Drake uh, cast, Elliot. Oh, yeah, Adler mm-hmm. was on. He was the host of that. He's moved on from that, but that was his tip for podcasting. I was asking him about you know how somebody might get into podcasting, and he said, "Yeah, go out to a brand. You know, one way to do it is go out to one of these big brands and and." kind of uh pitch a show to them say hey i'll do yeah. you want to do i'll do a six show season for you and that's a good way to get your foot in the door and who knows maybe it grows into something or maybe it doesn't but at least you know you're kind yeah, of yeah look at it. uh i don't know if you listen to the wild ideas worth living podcast heard a little shelby, bit, yeah. yeah shelby stanger she created that podcast and then pitched it to rei or i forget how oh, rei right. got involved but somehow rei was the main sponsor for it and now she has since I think sold it to REI. She's still the, you know, the podcaster, the talent oh, no on kidding. the show. But I think REI now owns it. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, you never know where it's going to go. Jeez, yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah. Well, let, let's just look. I mean, I had a, a few more things I wanted to dig into. One yeah. of them, you know, that I I check on a lot here is I, I you know, it's usually focused around fly fishing, but we kind of call it the two the two twenty two top two tips, top two resources. Well, usually we go we do top two flies. So I don't know. Are you comfortable? <laughs> do you want to throw out a, a couple? Are you I can do that. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. Yeah, well, let's do. It. Let's think of your home river. And you mentioned I think uh, what, what was the the one the the bigger one there. The Owens River? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there a, or I guess we don't have to say a specific river, but is there a couple of flies that are kind of your go-tos if you had to pick one or two? You can pretty much catch flies on the Owens nymphing with a a pheasant tail. Yeah. And then if you put a, a, you know, you need to do the dropper thing, put a pheasant tail on the bottom and then put a giant caddis or a rubber leg stimulator or something there on the top, you'll catch flies. Yeah. I mean, you catch fish. You catch some fish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Those are definitely good good standbys and and as far as tips i mean i guess you know we don't necessarily have to say a, a fly fishing tip but is there a a general i mean do you want to keep would you rather keep it on the fly fishing tip or would you rather that's talk up about, to you yeah, yeah it's your right. show we can, do, we can do fly fish yeah, i can let's, hang with that i think give me give me a couple of fly fishing tips and this could be i think of it it could be a beginner it could be anyway what would be a couple of tips you would give to somebody you know new to it well one tip that i always give to people is wherever you're going home water or if you're you know on some trip or something go to the local fly shop and see what's going on yeah. because those guys have the local knowledge and a good buddy of mine say this all the time there's nothing like local knowledge i don't care if you're going to take photographs go fly fishing go hiking go climbing local knowledge is invaluable so stop by the local fly shop see what's going on at the river or the stream or the lake you know maybe the water came up last week cuz Around here, the water fluctuates sometimes in certain areas because they, you know, release oh, yeah. water. It's controlled. Mm-hmm. But just see what's happening. You know, maybe the water's temperatures are up, the water temperatures are down, whatever reason. Just go talk to the local guides and local guides yep. at the shop, and they'll, they'll put you on the right stuff. And then the other thing is when you get out there, you know, be patient and try a lot of things. I mean, they may have told you to put a stimulator and a, a pheasant tail on there, but it's not working. So mm-hmm. try something else, you know. Put a big caddis fly in a hare's ear or who knows what it is you know yep um just keep keep trying and trying and trying because yeah mixing it up you know move your fly up and down take it lower take it higher put more weight on there that's a great all kinds of things that's a great sounds like i I have we've you know kelly gallup was i always think of him as because it was a, a crazy epic long show and and he said something i can't remember exactly but he said he pretty much changes his flies every few minutes 
<laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. he, and he's you know he's more of a streamer guy, but he's just constantly changing. You know, if, if it's you're not, not catching fish, exactly. Yeah, and, and I think exactly. a lot of people, I I didn't even really think that much, you know, uh, like that. But I mean, it makes sense that you know if it's not working and the fish are there, then sure, keep switching it up. That's good. Yeah, and it could be the same fly, just different size. You know? Exactly. I mean, just yeah, keep trying whatever it is. Yeah. Different color. Yeah. And what about a couple of uh, resources? Do you have any fly fishing, you know, resources that you're kind of your go tos or anything you'd recommend? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Resources. And it could be, um, I mean, I could be talking a magazine book, a video, uh, you know, I mean, I think of, you know, in our space, I mean, obviously I'm a podcaster, so I, I always think of yeah, the podcast, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything come to mind, just the stuff that, you know, I mean, how, yeah, do you learn? I, how do you, how have you learned the, the, the fly fishing? Well, with guides, I mean, yeah. I think one of the resources I would mention as a guide, I mean, a lot yeah. of times, you know, when I go to a new area, the first thing I'll do you know, using your buddy and I was, we'll hire a guide the first day yep. and you know, they'll, you know, it's just, it's invaluable spending the day with the guide. And oh, yeah. you learn about, you know, the water, where to put your fly in the water column and what flies and so many things, you know, it's yeah. unique to that river. So I think a local guide is a good thing to do, to use. Yep. And then online, there's so many resources online. If you're planning a trip, or like if you're going to come over here, you know, just go online and see what all the resources are online from, from the local shops to, you know, other brands that talk about, you know, having yeah, been right. here, there's so much online. So yeah. I would say online and local guides. Yeah, definitely. Resources I would do. Yeah. And that, that uh, answer, as far as the guy that it, I can't remember who it was, but I had somebody that basically said the same thing, you know, that's funny thing <laughs> is if you go with guides, you know, you don't need a whole bunch of resources because well, they're true. teaching you everything. <laughs> well, I tell you, I went with a buddy and I did, uh, rented a motorhome and drove down the Kenai Peninsula. Oh, wow. gonna, um, salmon fish. We were all, you know, time of year was right we had the motor home we had ice chests we were planning on coming back with bunches of salmon and went out the first day and caught nothing and so then went the second day with our guide and caught one and mm-hmm. the guide was talking about the um the bloat or i forget what was going on but part of it was we weren't catching trout because the trout were all full oh, declaimed from the from the eggs the salmon yeah. eggs that were they're eating from the pinks yep and the silvers weren't there yet uh, so we just you know, we caught that one salmon that whole week. No and kidding. We were, oh, yeah. We were so frustrated. So wow. sometimes even a guide can't put you on fish if the fish, you know, like a salmon run. If the fish aren't there, the guide, nothing the guide can do about that. No. But it's just, it's just interesting. So, you know. You never know what you're going to run into. Yeah, yeah. well, it's it's fishing at the at the end of the day. And that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the interesting thing about this steelhead. We've got this uh, trip coming up next month, and I mean, it's steelhead. You know, these people. I think. No oh, man. <laughs> that's one of the guy. That's one things guides do well is they basically balance expectations for clients. You know, letting them yeah. know that yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. It's, yeah, you might stand out here all day and not touch a fish, not, and that yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I, when uh, I first started the Nomco, we were on the north. North Umpqua, man, I went out steelheading a couple of times and yep. you know, nothing. I mean, part of it was I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, I, yeah. It was still. Yeah, no, the North. It's really is, hard. Really the, hard. The North is I have another people. I, I won't tell the story here, but, yeah, I had a great a great story on the North. I haven't fished it a lot, but had a good trip up there uh, after interviewing Frank Moore, who's kind of the classic. No, he's, yeah, he yeah, is, yeah. The, the classic. The professor. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah. hey, so let's jump uh, a couple more things where we jump into kind of, uh, you know, the rapid fire and we kind of bust out of here. Yeah. You know, as far as the companies, I'm not sure how many companies you've worked with over the years, but do you have one that's kind of, I don't know if it's a favorite or just maybe your favorite job or something, anything stick out over all the years? Oh gosh. Yeah. Probably my favorite was Eagle Creek just cause mm-hmm. I was there so long and I got to 
work through so many different parts of that business, right? Starting out in customer service and then working my way up through operations. I was, I remember back in the day, this is when all the pick tickets were printed by hand and I had to you know, physically sort them and carry them out to the warehouse and, you know, interacting with all those folks. And then, oh, yeah. you know, moving on up to the sales, the sales guy, the lead sales guy and travel all around the country and world really. And yeah, and meeting some great reps and great retailers and stuff. So that was probably the, the funnest job and just a fun group of people. I mean, yeah. you know, we still refer to everybody as the, the Creekers, you know, the old Creekers. Oh, really? So, was, it a small, <laughs> was it a small company then, or and is it just a, a, a huge company now, or what, what's do you know that whole story? Yeah, it was probably 20 to $25 million in revenue when I was there, and we grew it to almost 50 Yeah. Maybe just shy of 50 So that was pretty significant growth. What year was that when you were there? Uh, I went there in 1991 and left in 2001. Oh, cool. So, so, yeah. So yeah. you're there in the time. It's funny because I, I have an Eagle Creek backpack and it's so oh, cool, cool because I got it in, um, oh, I want to say 97 when I was in college and it, I mean, I still have it. It's my hunting pack. And I've been uh-huh, all these uh-huh. years after about 10 years, I was, I kind of kept trying to find another pack. I was like, this thing's old, I but I still love that Eagle Creek pack all these years. I still use <laughs> it's it. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. Yeah. It's kind of, I still have good. a lot of it. Yeah. So that was probably the, the most fun and, you know, diverse. I'm, I'm, I get bored if I do one thing too, too long. So I think the other thing that helped me there was being able to move through these various jobs and oh, yeah. learn new things and, and tactics and whatnot. That's right. yeah, it was great. Was yeah, that was every, fun. every couple of years you feel like you were moving on to a new, uh, it seemed, yeah. I mean, I look back on all the things that I did there. I don't really, I don't really remember how often, how frequently it happened, but yeah, it seemed to be changing a lot because, you know, when you grow from 25 to 50 million and about, I think that, ha- that happened in about five or six years. So that was a pretty, wow you know, aggressive space of time and it was just moving and shaking. I mean, yep. it was just so much fun. Yeah. That's cool. And what about, so you mentioned uh, the trip up to Alaska. Is that kind of, if you think of one trip that you've done or maybe a trip that you want to do, do you have anything out there that's kind of the, a big bucket list trip that you've either done or planning on doing in the flight? If you're thinking fly fishing, I guess. Fly fishing. Um, gosh, I don't know. I've been, I've been lucky to fish a lot of places, not so much around the world, but definitely North America. You know, yep. I took a group to, to Alaska on a later date and we hired guys and caught a bunch of fish, stayed over at a lodge, um, in uh, intricate bay. We stayed in a lodge there for about a week and oh, just yeah. slayed the fish for and grizzly salmon. bears all around. Yeah. Salmon. Yeah. And grizzly bears around. Got some great photos. So I'd huh. go back and do that again in a second. Oh, I think I think Russia would be fun to go oh, fish yeah. in. That would yeah. be. I think that's probably on everybody's list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My on my bucket list right now is two things. One is I the only continent I've not been to is Australia. So I want to get down there just to check the box. But I also want to go back to Antarctica. I was in Antarctica in the early nineties and. Um, just I was not the photographer then that I am now, so I want to go back and retake all oh, those yeah. photos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what do you? But, use, yeah, that was fun. What's your uh, camera of choice? Well, I have a I'm a Nikon guy, but I'm just in the middle of switching over to Sony. So oh no kidding, a smaller and yeah. yeah yeah it's just a smaller footprint and yeah but yeah. all digital yeah, yeah all digital. Yeah. What's your? Yeah. Do you know your most popular uh, episode that you've had so far? Actually, yeah, I just replayed the two most popular episodes of this year um, over the holidays. The first one was I interviewed the guys from Colorado Teardrops. They make oh, yeah. teardrop trailers. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, great guy. Dean Wiltshire was was is a great guy. I got to go visit him when I was at the IFTD show. I took an afternoon and went and 
visited him and saw their trailers and stuff. So oh, that cool. was pretty cool. So that's that's the most popular episode of mine in the last year. And then the second most popular was um, the folks from Arrive. Um, Ross and Rochelle started this. Ross Richmond and Rochelle Snyder started this brand called Arrive. And they rent outdoor equipment. So if you don't want to buy it, you don't want to own it, you just want to go camping for the weekend, yep. you can rent it from them. They'll send it to you. You send it back dirty. They'll clean it all up. But that was the second most popular one. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we have yeah. A, 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 well, not a partner company, but a, I've interviewed a company called uh, Rent This Rod, and they just rent out. Oh, yeah, they, they rent out fly rods, and they're, uh-huh. I think they're huh. pretty close to making it a full-time gig. Um, Very cool. As well, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're definitely, well, it makes sense, you know, as travel, yep. the mm-hmm. travel industry, you know, it doesn't make sense to spend thousands if you're only going to do it once a year or exactly. maybe once yeah. in a lifetime. Right. Exactly. Okay. And so the teardrop, so why, yeah, that's interesting. The teardrop, I guess I wouldn't think that the, a camper episode would be the most popular. Why, why do you think that was? Well, a couple of, I think, um, this overlanding thing oh, is, yeah. is becoming very, very popular, right? People are as, as the outdoor recreators, age all of us get older you know sleep on the ground is not as as comfortable or fun as it was when i was 18 i can still do it but yeah you know you'd rather go I wake to a, up a little more i wake up a little more stiff and sore <laughs> so if i can have a nice you know big mattress foam mattress in a in a teardrop that's that's very appealing to me and whether it's a teardrop or a you know a camper van or whatever these sprinter vans whatever it is yeah I think it's become very, very popular. Well, so, um, what is this? Is these, these are pretty cool topics. I'm thinking here now. The, the overlanding. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I obviously I love. You know, I, I'm not going to get into all the stuff that I've done, but I've had a couple of like outdoor companies in the past before I got into uh-huh. fly fishing and stuff. But oh, cool. But I've done everything right. I mean, I've I've kind of but not been a master of, but tried it all. And <laughs> like over, me, I've done that. Yeah, you've done. We're kind of the same. So overlanding is one of those things where I don't quite. You know, I guess is maybe can you explain what what it is exactly? Well, I think it's just a, a new term for camping, right? Oh, I mean, is that all it is? Okay. Yeah, it's camping. It's vehicle. It's vehicle assisted camping. It's car camping. What it is car camping. Yeah, but with some of these new rigs that these guys have, they can go off road. You know, they can go Way, virtually anywhere. You yeah. Know? So I think that's where the overlanding term comes in. It sounds a little more wild rather than car camping right you know the, here's the one thing I, i'll have to get a guest i'll probably get some hate mail well and he's over any, any overlanding guy listening now is going to be pissed at me for saying that but yeah, yeah exactly it's yeah. not car camping it's car, <laughs> it's car camping <laughs> no this is and i probably get some hate mail for this too but you know i see these overlay i guess it's over right they have these pop-up tents on top of the cars mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i mean i, I see that makes sense obviously <laughs> if you're camping on rock right where you can't set up a mm-hmm. tent and stuff like that. But other than that, it just seems like for me, you know, I would rather just throw a tent in the back, have less stuff on top of my car, you know, maybe even, you know what I mean? It just seems like I wonder. No, I'm with it. Yeah. I have a good buddy of mine um, who runs the adventure portal, Andy Palmer, Andy and Lori Palmer. And um, they have the adventureportal.com is a great resource for all these, these things overlanding, you know, car camping, cool rooftop tents and all this stuff, stoves and yep, heaters and all that and whatnot. They do a great job. And, um, I spent, I hang out with them about once or twice a year up here in the Sierra and they have all that stuff when they come up, they have all the stuff in the gear and I just roll up in my Subaru and sleep in the back of my Subaru exactly. and throw my bag on the yeah. ground. Or, so I think it depends on, you know, what kind of person you are and how much yeah. gear, you, you know, whether you like to you know, mess with the gear or like yeah. to just be a minimalist. It's I guess just, that's it. It's just gear. We have our own thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a pop of it. But it's cool stuff, man. Some of these, t- I interviewed the guy from roof nest, uh, tents too. the, the car top tents. They have some cool products as well. It's amazing what, 
what people are making. Oh, cool. Days. Cool. Yeah. I'll put yeah. a, I'll, I'll put links to all this stuff we're talking about in the cool. show notes Thanks. so people yeah, can cool. take a look. And yeah, the other one, this is, this is one back to when I was, I remember when I was doing some of my camping, I, I kind of had a camping site back in the day I was doing and stuff, but <laughs> you know, glamping, so glamping uh-huh, is another yeah. thing. So now what is glamping exactly? If you had to describe it? Well, I think glamping is an, is even a notch above overlanding where some, and I think it's partially driven by someone else sets up your camp and you just show up and you show and up, do your thing for the weekend and leave and they tear it down and clean it up and That's put it, it away. Yep. You know, I think, I mean, That's yeah, it's, so, and it gets, yeah. it gets more, the higher end it goes, the more, more glamping focused, I guess yeah. you, you rent an Airstream versus just a, um, a, tr- a teardrop. Camp. Right. Right. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. yeah, it'd be just like I guess similar to going to a lodge or a river yeah. lodge. It's mm-hmm. you're, that's pretty much glamping as well. They're setting your stuff up. You fly in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, all right. Good. Yeah. Those are those are all interesting topics. It seems like again, you know, <laughs> you, you start talking about this gear, and that's what's fun. I mean, I think most people that are in the outdoors. I mean, I know I'm kind of a gearhead. I love just talking about. Yeah, gear. we all are. It's kind of fun. Yeah, we all are. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's so great about going to the shows. Exactly. Well, now what would you recommend? So for that big show coming up, when, when is that typically? Outdoor retailer, uh, the snow show is the last week of um, January. Last it's week in of January. Denver. And the snow yep. show, so there's two, or how many shows are there a year? Uh, there's two. Okay. There's one is in the winter snow show, and then there's another one in the summer that's typically July, August. The dates have been shifting around a bit. I'm not sure when it is this year, but yeah, that's, sure. that's the two. They were trying to do three last year, and I don't think they pulled off the three, but those, yeah. are, those are two, mainly summer and winter. Those are the ones I go to. And then there's all kinds of other regional shows, regional rep shows yep. that you can go to. You know, the fly fishing show, IFTD. I think that'll probably be in Denver again when they have it next year. But, yeah. Uh, oh, right, right. Cool. So is that a show that definitely you would recommend? I mean, are there a lot of fly fishing companies? Would you recommend to go to that show? To Or, or is that more of just more? That's the place. I mean, the yeah. challenge with these shows is they're not consumer oriented. So if you're a consumer, you can't get in. Oh, there um, you go. It's not consumer. Yeah. It's for the business. Yeah, oh, IFTD, okay. IFTD is not a consumer show. No. It's, it's an industry right. show. Yeah. Right. Same with outdoor retailer. Those are not consumer shows. Yep. Yeah. So if you went there as a, you know, say say if I was to go there as a kind of this this thing I have going, is it, would there be a, I guess you could connect, connect with a lot of people, but would there be an advantage going to that, setting up a, oh, yeah, some audio think, episodes or something like that? Totally. Yeah, you can go. You can go. If you... You can either make connections to go and set up recordings there, yep. or you can just go there and meet people to then set up recordings later, right? Yeah. Just, oh, right. And you can get in as a media guy, right? That's yeah. I'm a media guy now. I went full circle. Now I was a, a kid, a guide, and then I was a kid on the retail floor, and now I'm a media guy. So yeah. it's, uh, it's it's pretty different. But that's yeah, right. those are that's where that's where the the business is done in the industry. All the brands are there. All the industry media. And, Sales reps, yep. and all those folks are there, but it's not consumers. Yeah. It's not consumers. Okay, so Same so, with IT, so yeah. do you see uh, there are some fishing fly fishing companies that, that attend that? Um, not anymore. They did. Yeah, they did for a while. There for a while, they were trying to to blend in the fly fishing show with oh, the summer outdoor show. Huh. Yeah, and I'm not sure why that didn't work. I don't know if the yep. fly fishing guys felt like they. Could. It's a big show, so if you're a small industry like that, you might feel like you get a little lost in that. Gotcha. In the noise of the bigger show. But um, it makes sense to me. I mean, I don't know why they both can't figure out a way to, to do it all at the same time. It's better for the retailers and yeah. you know, better for the brands because it's less expensive than having to go to multiple shows. But you yeah. know, I think it's it's not as focused as the IFTD fly fishing show. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Well, let's uh, let, yeah, let's uh, kind of wrap this up with a little rapid fire round. And this is, I think, yeah. this might be a question you ask on yours, uh, but your uh, you know, your go to gear, if you had to say your what, I think you do the under a hundred. I love that's pretty good. Uh, well, let's yeah, let's do yeah. this. How about could you do under fifty? Under fifty. Um, my go to gear under fifty. I don't know if it is under fifty dollars. Would be some kind of a really well insulated coffee mug. Oh, yeah. whether it's a hydro flask yep. or one of the plastic versions. But nah, yeah, I'm a big coffee guy. I got to have coffee in the morning and yep. you just have to have a really nice something to keep your coffee warm. Yep. So, so, so yeah. you're good. So you keep your coffee warm. See, I'm on the other. I used to always do that. And now I'm kind of a, I can drink cold coffee just as well. Oh, as I, can. I know. God. I've Good got, for you. I'm more, I can, wa- no. I'm more water. I, I do like the hydro because I love having cold water, especially in the summer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, it's funny. I was talking to some uh, PC tiers. The PCT runs north and south through the eastern Sierra oh, yeah. here. And every once in a while, they roll through town. I picked up a couple of hitchhikers. And they were. I was talking about their gear because I haven't done that kind of backpacking in years. And there's this whole new thing about cold soaking food. Hmm. Where they just cold so- rehydrate their food by cold soaking it all day while they're walking, and then they eat it cold. And I'm wow. like, man, I just could no. not do that. No, you know? I, I think I don't think I could do that. No. I haven't tried it, but whoa. that's almost like you're you're uh, you're just trying to rough it too. But you know, I think that especially <laughs> when you're hiking, yeah. you know, you got your. Well, they don't want to carry the weight of a stove and a pan. I get it, you know, but that's true. It's like, yeah, I don't no. know. Oh, well, here's another question for you. So, what is your? Um, so you're out hiking in the backcountry for your big trip or whatever. What's your uh, what's your luxury item? My luxury like, item, like that one item uh, that's kind of like you probably shouldn't bring it, but you can if you could bring one luxury item that's kind of the, you know the the uh, I don't know I I, mean, I can tell you let me I'll, mine is mine is the Thermarest chair. Well, actually, that mine's so old they probably make something even better. But I have an old Thermarest chair uh-huh, kit, right? Yeah, it turns yeah. into uh-huh, a, a yeah. kind of a recliner. Yeah, I have one of those. There'll probably be that, or maybe I have a really cool, tiny Mont Bell inflatable pillow. A bunch of different people make oh, yeah. inflatable pillows now, but yeah. you know, I remember when I first brought a pillow, people were like, "What? Just stuff your clothes in your stuff sack from your sleeping bag and use that." Exactly. You know? I'm like, nope, I'm got my pillow. No, you got your pillow. So there you go. Yeah, that's full on <laughs> that's the luxury it. item. That's it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, let me think here. I was I was kind of on track to uh, wrap this up here just with a couple. Um, Okay, here here's one that I'm not sure if you could finish this sentence. This is a question I've I've used occasionally in the fly fishing space, but if you had to if you had to finish this sentence, um, the outdoor uh, uh, industry needs blank. I mean, are you are you connected enough to to finish that, or is that something that? You oh feel yeah, like I'll you're... tell you. I, yeah, I think the outdoor industry needs to make the outdoor retailer show along the lines of Coachella or South by Southwest. Oh events. wow. That Which would we, be, what does that mean? Well, I think it needs, needs to be, we need to figure out a way to draw a broader right. segment of the population that's yep. already outdoors. You know, I mean, the out, over the years, the outdoor industry has broadened its definition of outdoors. It used to be hardcore climbing and backpacking and all that. Now it's much broader. And I think as it, as it has broadened out and as the show has struggled for various reasons, it makes total sense to me to make it a big giant party. Yeah. You know, I mean, bring some consumers Music. in, bring some Tim Ferriss kind of guys in to oh, yeah. be speakers and inspire people and, and, you know, teach them about things that we have limited or no knowledge about. I mean, just make that thing a much bigger, broader event, get the fly fishing guys together, make that whole outdoor thing, a giant festival. Twice yeah. A year. That's great. Man, that's my thing. See that right there. You just saying that makes me want to go. 
You know what I mean? Right. It just yeah. gets you fired up. I mean, if I hear there's going to be maybe some, maybe a live band or two, maybe, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. If you knew that every night of the four-day show there was going to be a major concert by some major band, oh, right, yeah. band be crazy. you would go just for that day for that concert. Yep. If you knew also during that day that on the fourth day Tim Ferriss is going to be speaking in the afternoon. Yep. And some other, you know, Bill Gates is going to be speaking in the morning and Oh yeah. You know, be the, huge. Tim Cook from Apple is going to be there on day one. It'd be, it'd be just so much different than it'd it be is. I think right now it just needs to because the whole outdoor space is mainstream. Now yeah. everybody's doing it, mm-hmm. right? They're all going to national parks. They're all going more and more people are fly fishing and, yeah. and hiking. And we sure see it here in the Eastern Sierra with all the various people. So yeah. add the overlanding, you know, the Colorado teardrop guys, all those things. It's all outdoor recreation. Yeah. Let's make it the big outdoor recreation festival twice a year. That's cool. Cool. And you mentioned uh, Tim Ferriss. Do you, are you more of a, a po- you know, if you had to listen, are you more podcaster or music? What, what do you, what do you tend to? Oh, it's a little both. Yeah. Podcasts, music, books, uh, Audible. I'm a big yeah. Audible guy. Yep. You know, I, use, I have a few long drives that I make a few times a year, so I yeah. load up the Audible. And, yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, uh, what, uh, what's your favorite um, podcast uh, other than Tim Ferriss? Do you have any other ones? Uh, it has to be the Outdoor Biz Podcast. <laughs> well, other than, other than your own, and other, other than Tim. Um, I really like the Tim Ferriss show. Yeah. I really enjoy, I don't know if you know, there's a guy, um, John Lee Dumas. Oh, yeah. Entrem- who Entrem- does Entrepreneurs on Fire. On fire. Yeah, he's, he's got he's a really good, good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I really like um, Channel Mastery by Kristen Carpenter. Oh, really? Channel um, Mastery. Verde. Okay. Yeah. She does a really good, it's a, it's a very focused retail business okay. podcast where she gets some great great guests on she does a really good job that's a good one i try to catch all the time cool yeah yeah cool. there's some good ones out there awesome yeah i'll, I'll look I, i'm always yeah, i'm a podcasting freak so i always love digging into new <laughs> new shows and stuff uh so here's another one for you uh this is and maybe you can't answer this one but if you had another question you know on the on the outdoor biz or you know the outdoor industry um you know what is ripe for disruption does anything come to mind when you hear that uh the show Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's the same thing. Just, just <laughs> back to what I was talking yeah. about. Right so that for, show is is super important for the for the industry. Oh, it's the place. I mean, and and the interesting thing about it is, it's now become more of an event than a show. You know, when I first started 20, 30 years ago, it was truly a show. We we went to that show. We wrote a bunch of orders. We did a bunch of business. It mm-hmm. was very business focused. And mm-hmm. today, because of the shifting production cycles and a bunch of different reasons it's not as focused on writing as it was. And now it's becoming more of a, a bigger event for me. I, I get a lot done there as a media guy, you know, oh, I can yeah. interview people and that kind of thing. All this new influencer stuff, a lot of that business gets done there. All right. But I think it just because of that, it, it lends itself to being more of a festival kind of event. Hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the, like I said before, that's, that's where I think it should go. That's it. Just, just, just right for that. Cool. Cool, right? Well, I, and the other yeah. thing is there's existing models out there. You can go look at Coachella and South by and, and some of these other maybe smaller. Those are pretty huge events, but maybe you could look at some of the smaller regional events like that and it's doable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I definitely would love to get out. I've got, a, I've got about 10 conferences that are on my list. You know, I'm uh-huh, probably yeah. I'm hoping to get to maybe four this year, but right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I would love to get to that one and just, just experience it. That's a good one. Yeah. Go to the summer one. It's, that's the best of the better of the two, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're uh, just about out of here. I, um, 
maybe if you think about the show today, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about a little bit here and there. Anything, you know, kind of your biggest takeaway from our discussion today? Anything that comes to mind with what we could leave people with? No, I'm glad you reached out. I'm glad to, I didn't know about your show until you reached out. Yeah. So I'm going to add it to my queue and, uh, yeah, have nice. to have you on my show. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely love to. I uh, so my show just for a little heads up, and I've said this before. You know, people know this, but you know, I've, I'm broken in break mine up into seasons. So basically, every thirty or mm-hmm. forty episodes is a season, and um, so the first thirty are all steelhead for, for the most part, and then I get into the next thirty are mostly trout. And then, oh, cool. then I get into some destination. So yeah, if you want to skip the steelhead and just go to the trout or whatever, it's uh, I've had some. No, pretty... I think it's all interesting. Yeah, yeah it's all interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That, tell, tell yeah. make sure your listeners go to ricksays.com slash podcasters dash workshop if they're thinking about a podcast themselves. Love to help them out. And if it's just a thirty minute free convo, let's do that. And see what you're yeah. thinking. That'd be cool. Fun. Cool. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. uh, put a link to that. And then, and then before we let you get out here, just in the next. Um, um, you know, 12 months or I guess six, 12 months, anything new we can expect to you? Are you just going to keep doing more of the same good stuff? Well, the, the outdoor biz podcast is still rolling along. We'll have new guests and, you know, new, uh, I think the biggest new thing on that side of the world is the whole coaching thing we're doing. We're also offering a little destination workshop over in Croatia. Oh, I have wow. a good friend of mine who has, uh, runs the Adriatic Academy over in Croatia. So we have two dates in May to come and do some adventuring in Croatia and spend eight days working on your podcast and you'll come in and get a little fun and adventure and go home with a nice shiny new podcast. So that's on the website too. You can find that. Yep. Super fun. And then I am doing another project. I just started down this road about a month ago, um, another new podcast. So can't quite talk much about that Uh yet, but keep your ears tuned. There'll be something new coming out along. I'm going to, I'm gonna do a pilot program and see see how that goes, and then uh, I think it's I think it's got a lot of opportunity. More of a mainstream thing, not it's not tied so much to the outdoors, more mainstream. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, something I, completely different. That's cool. And I'll just throw this out: you got me thinking on podcasts. I I just was recently listened to a new one, uh, the Clone Yourself podcast. It's about uh, if you want to oh, get oh get... Sam Caber. Yeah, Sam. Yeah, do you know Sam? Yep, I know Sam. Yep, I met Sam at a mastermind event in Vegas about a month ago. Um, we have a um, mutual friend, Travis Chapel, who does a podcast about um, building your network, networking and all that stuff. And he launched a, a mastermind group and we all went over there and got to hang out with a bunch of major podcast guys. I don't know if you know Steve Sims. Have you read the book Blue Fishing? Oh, yeah. Steve Sims, of course. Great book. Yeah, he was there. So it was oh, really fun. To, Steve Sims. Yeah, that guy's, I love that yeah. guy. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. So it was fun to hang out with those guys. And I met Sam there. And I actually... Uh, hired my first VA about a month and a half ago. Oh no, uh, kidding! To do all my yeah, to how, do all my social media stuff. How's, how's that? It wasn't going? my first, but well, actually, I'm, I just paused it um, this week because I'm going to re reevaluate social media yeah. and how I'm going to tackle. Are it. But it worked doing, great. She was she was awesome. Did she, you use she did all my? Did you use free up? Yep, exactly. Free up. Yep. Yeah, free up. Yep. So, so you went over to a mastermind with uh, with um, the who, uh, the clone is Sam. Sam and Sam, and, yep. and Steve. And so you were part of a mastermind group with those guys? I was in the audience, yeah. Steve was part of the one of the presenters. Um, Travis Chapel from Build Your Network put it on. Yeah. Um, Steve Sims was one of the presenters. Uh, Michael O'Neill was another guy there. He's got the Solopreneur Hour show. I think he was like the MC of the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, there were some great presenters. It was about a three-day event, I think. Cool. And you- super fun just to learn from some guys that are oh, you yeah. know, on – 
you know, way bigger than I'll they're ever doing, do. They're but, doing well. Yeah. You, know, for sure. you get little tips and tricks and things that you can use. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I, I you just kind of got me thinking that's, uh, yeah, Steve and Sam. I mean, I, I'm just on the cusp of getting a VA to help with, um, all, all that stuff. Maybe the podcast. Cool. Do you do all your own podcast editing and the whole thing? Or do you have? I still do. I still do. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I've been pretty lucky though. I've been having my shows don't need a lot of editing for mm-hmm. whatever reason. It's just like a conversation and, yeah. and I kind of let it flow. So I've been pretty fortunate. So I do all that, but the social media thing was getting away from me and, yeah. Um, I hired a VA. She did a great job. I'm just reevaluating what I'm going to do. I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, posting all that many times on all those I know. channels is valuable. And, and how do you, can, and how do you get your, re, you know, your ROI? How do you determine what right, that is? Exactly. All that? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I have also used VAs before. A lot of my graphics, um, I'm working with a woman in Egypt who I uh-huh. found on Fiverr. She does a great job. She was on Fiverr. So, yep. Yeah, VAs are awesome. Sam Sam's got a great training too. His his first ten episodes on yeah that whole how to hire a VA thing. Oh man, it's yeah, amazing. I, I just really yeah, good. I just used it for sure. Cool man. Well, this has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'll uh, yeah, I'll, good I'll, chat with you. Yeah, I'll put links out to your your uh, website and everything we talked about. And uh, yeah, until, until we uh, connect again, let's just keep in touch and uh, we'll look forward to keeping. Uh, I'll listen to your podcast and move forward from there. Same. Yeah, if I can help you in any way, reach out. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, Rick. All right, thank you. Take it easy. See ya. Bye. Bye. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash 122. A quick reminder for the big Pyramid Lake giveaway, head over to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway. That's uh, G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y to enter the trip and head out with yours truly on a chance at a record giant crazy sized Lahatan cutthroat trout. This is pretty cool. If you haven't heard about Lahatan cutthroat trout, they're a unique species out in that part of uh, uh, California, Nevada, uh, Oregon. And in this Pyramid Lake area, they get to a gigantic size because of the, the lake, the size of the lake, the food and things like that. And um, lots of interesting stuff, including fishing off a ladder. Um, so yeah, you should check it out. Just head over. If you head over to that giveaway, um, or just reach out to me and send me an email. If you want to hear more, that's Dave at wetflyswing.com. Thanks again for stopping by to check out the show today. I'm looking forward to catching up to you soon. I hope to maybe see you on a uh, line or on the river. Thanks for listening to the wet fly swing fly fishing show for notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes.